Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. With rumors swirling about top aides, President Trump seems to be returning to his reality show roots. As a White House source says, quote, everyone loves a season finale. And Stormy Daniels' attorney says she was physically threatened. This is the State of America Tonight. The uh, adults are leaving the building. Who wants to get up and be uh, get a phone call every day from a media outlet asking when you're getting fired? What's the next tweet going to say about showing somebody the door? There's not a cabinet member that seems safe. It has not succeeded in buying her silence. My client was physically threatened to stay silent about what she knew about Donald Trump. It's hard for me to imagine that whatever she has to say could be more damaging than the slow drip of this story. I'm John Avalon, live in New York, and this is the State of America Tonight. At this moment, the White House is holding a press briefing after another tumultuous week in Washington. We'll bring you any developments as they happen. But first, senior White House staffers and reporters are nervously awaiting the infamous Friday night news dump. Will the axe fall on National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster as night falls in Washington? Now, we know, we know, the rumor mill has been in overdrive for several high-profile names. And now multiple sources tell CNN that President Trump has decided to replace his national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, likely before the North Korea summit. The president has been dropping hints about a West Wing makeover all week. So I've gotten to know a lot of people very well over the last year, and I'm really at a point where we're getting very close to having the cabinet and other things that I want. There'll always be change, and I think you want to see change. And I want to also see different ideas, but we'll talk to you about it later. But here's the thing. This is a White House where the only person who really knows what's going on is the president himself. And after a series of non-denials, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders knocked down news of National Security Advisors firing on Twitter, saying, quote, I just spoke to POTUS and General H.R. McMaster. Contrary to reports, they have a good working relationship and there are no changes at the NSC. But notice she said there are no changes currently, not that there won't be any changes in the future. Now, exactly who will replace McMaster and when are still unknown. But for outgoing Republican Arizona Senator and vocal Trump critic Jeff Flake, the loss of McMaster may have an impact well beyond national security. I think he's been a stabilizing force uh, in the White House and uh, has, I think, pushed back uh, on you know, certain things that the president has wanted to do. And I think that pushback has been needed, needed and helpful. Uh, so I am concerned that whoever replaces him won't provide the same honesty. But while his opponents fear chaos, President Trump is embracing it. The chaos candidate, as Jeb Bush called him during the campaign, has indeed become the chaos president. After more than a year on the job, Mr. Trump is trusting his instincts. 
and throwing off the caution urged by some of his advisors. This Captain Chaos strategy is concerning to at least one Democratic congressman. The domestic turmoil is one thing, but the possibility that the president wakes up one morning uh, and decides it's time to go to war with country A, B or C because of something he saw on Fox News. I think it's Rex Tillerson and H.R. McMaster and, uh, and the adults in the room uh, that have talked him down. And it's, it's, it's scary to see those guys leaving. Now, another man who has been called an adult in the room and who is now reportedly safe after rumors that he was on the outs as well is Chief of Staff John Kelly. For his part, Kelly's telling senior staff to focus on work and that no firings are imminent. But a source close to the White House says, and this is a quote, folks, everyone loves a season finale. Guess that means the rest of us need to pull up a chair and break out the popcorn. Something you also might want to do in the continuing saga of Stormy Daniels. Today, Daniels' attorney made a shocking claim about the porn star who is suing the president. And the fact is that my client was physically threatened to stay silent about what she knew about Donald Trump. The details surrounding that, she's going to discuss, uh, I'm sure, on the 60 Minutes interview on March 25. But wait, there's more. Daniel's attorney says her story may be the first of many. We have been approached by six separate women who claim to have similar stories to those or to that of my client. Two of those women, at least two, have NDAs. I want to preach caution and restraint. We are not vouching for these stories. We are investigating them. We're not going to stake our reputation on them until we have confidence that they're telling the truth. Like we said, get that popcorn ready. Now, for all the hand-wringing and endless speculation over the fate of his staff, President Trump seems to be taking it all in stride and maybe even enjoying it just a bit. For more on that part of the story, I'm joined by CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins. Caitlin, the White House environment has been recalled the most toxic environment on planet Earth. And yet President Trump seems to be just hitting his stride. How do you square that circle and what does it feel like inside? He does seem to be hitting his stride here, John, and that's a lot of the reason for why there are so many rumors of a staff shakeup, sources say, because they say that the president feels more self-assured now that he's had a year on the job under his belt and that instead of listening to those aides and those advisors who have been cautioning him on what to how to act and how he feels they are restricting him, he now feels like he can trust his gut more and go with what he truly thinks is the best idea. Because as we know, over this last year, those same advisors have warned the president that if there are too many staff changes during his first few years and or during his first year in office that it will only feed into those reports of chaos here in the West Wing so they cautioned the president against that but now the president seems much more open to embracing this idea of chaos because though the White House is trying to tamp down these rumors with senior staffers telling their junior staffers today that they don't have to be worried about a big shakeup it's really going back to the president himself who has been feeding this notion of a shakeup by saying things like his cabinet is almost the way he wants it and that he thinks change is a good thing. He likes change. So really, a lot of this comes back to the president himself who is feeding these these rumors of a staff shakeup. But it just seems to be him hitting a stride. But he certainly is enjoying watching the media try to cover these potential shakeups, these potential cabinet secretaries who may be right. very well on their way out the door. The president is sitting back and watching it all here, John. Well, look, I mean, it's a universal truth. Tone comes from the top. But there's a virtue to experience 
experience for a president that went into office with no experience in governing. And obviously one of the risks isn't just that stocking your cabinet with cable news stars might not lead to optimal decision making. It's that he seems to be particularly targeting people who have stood up to him in the past, who've not given in to every whim. That seems yeah. to send a own kind of risk in the West Wing, a danger of a chilling yeah. effect. He certainly does. He uh, does not like staffers who disagree with him. And that's another thing we're saying. Instead of picking those staffers for these top jobs who have the resumes and the experience for those jobs that have been recommended that are just seemingly obvious picks for these open positions, the president is instead starting to tend to go more with his gut. And if he has chemistry with someone, he'll pick them over that. He also clearly values people who go, can go on cable television and defend his administration, as we saw with his pick for the replacement for Gary Cohn, that chief economic advisor who resigned over those steel tariffs just last week, and he has gone with Larry Kudlow, who was a CNBC commentator, because the president likes someone who has a business pedigree that can go on television, aptly defend his administration, and we're going to see him shifting more and more to those kinds of picks instead of what his advisors are telling him to do here in the future here, John. Well, a camera-ready administration, and we should note that Sarah Sanders just said from the podium that there are no staff changes imminent. So maybe we're safe and the White House staff is safe for today. Thank you, Caitlin. All right, but even with all that, it is hard, no, it is impossible to ignore Stormy Daniels, especially for the White House. Coming up, our political panel will look at the latest claims from her lawyer. Stormy Daniels, the porn star suing the president, isn't going away, at least not quietly. Her lawyer now says that she faced physical threats. He also says there are six other women alleging they had sexual relations with Mr. Trump. Our high-powered panel tonight, Joe Borelli, a Republican New York City councilman and Trump supporter, Peter Beinert, CNN political commentator and contributing editor at The Atlantic, David Frum, senior editor at The Atlantic, and Patrick Healy, CNN political analyst and New York Times politics editor, a high-powered and largely bearded panel. Folks, there we're going to start with Stormy Daniels, and then we're getting on to all the news. But I want to quote Sarah Sanders Huckabee from the podium just a second ago on the Stormy Daniels saga. Quote, I have no knowledge of that situation. Patrick, this does not sound like a full-throated denial from the podium. Right. I mean, the White House is being very careful right now with Stormy Daniels because they know that this CBS interview, uh, 60 Minutes interview, is hanging out there. And they also have you know, been through a few years now of women coming forward who have alleged harassing behavior, physical behavior, inappropriate sexual behavior by President Trump. The thing that's different now is that they're in a moment where many women are have been coming forward across the culture, across business, across politics, with uh, accusations, with credible stories about men behaving inappropriately sexually with them. And so for the White House, for Sarah Sanders is going to be facing these stories now, or these questions every day because of the Stormy Daniels uh, you know, litigation and accusations and, and legal strategy. The White House is in it's it's they're they're boxed in, John, more than they have been now because they don't want to be admitting any kind of behavior or relationship further than they have with President Trump and Stormy Daniels. Yet these these are very credible 
understandable questions that are being put to them so they don't and have they may not know answers. the answers i think is an important right. point but but joe borelli you know as a trump supporter um this is gonna take a toll especially if more women come forward president trump famously won 83 percent of evangelical votes more than george w bush but is this a case where he can't just stand in the middle of fifth avenue and shoot people and retain his support will evangelicals start to break with the president if really sorted details start coming out more women and the physical threats. Yeah, I think President Trump has withstood his evangelical base. Uh, and quite frankly, I mean, this is episode number what? 100 of, of this is the, the moment that's going to bring down President Trump. How many times have we seen stories being spun in the media, being exaggerated, being being overplayed, uh, and they really don't have much effect on Donald Trump's base? I think we used to Are you saying morning, that this story is being overplayed, that this story is being spun by Stormy Daniels? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly think this is being overplayed. Remember, Stormy Daniels isn't alleging that Donald Trump did anything sexually inappropriate to her. She's saying that, that he had an affair. There was no sexual harassment alleged. And most of the details of this tryst, or as, as though she's saying, have already come out in news reports going back years. Uh, and right. I think the lawyer was being very, very, very careful about what he was saying about these physical threats. He well, we'll say, see. I, I, I got to say, I got to say, Joe, I imagine you have a very different tune to sing if the subject was built. Clinton. But David Frum, let me move to you because part of what's significant about this potential claim of other women with NDAs is that that could show basically a pattern, a best practice within the Trump organization of protecting then candidate, now President Trump. What legal implications does that have as well as political implications? Well, here's a political implication. Um, when, the Har when the Harvey Weinstein story broke, the Republican National Committee um, repeatedly called on uh, Democrats who received money from Harvey Weinstein to return the funds. Donald Trump Jr., the president's son, um, made himself in a special um, voice of sexual morality and respect for women, um, urging again and again and, and in a kind of gleeful way that any money that uh, the Democrats had received from Harvey Weinstein be returned. So the former chairman of the Republican Finance Committee, Steve Wynn, um, was forced out of his organization after very credible accusations of rape. Um, and uh, that money has not been returned. I think what is going to happen, this, th these next congressional elections are going to be decided by the votes of suburban, educated Republican women. And they are getting a message not just from this White House, but from this party of disrespect. Yeah, and that's not a recipe for success, especially looking at the recent specials we've seen. Peter Beinert, um, do you think that this storyline, which is objectively less serious geopolitically than the Russia investigation, but might actually end up being an equally serious threat to the president's political viability within his own party in any impeachment hearings or other mechanisms that could occur from FEC otherwise? I think David is entirely right that this will mobilize Democrats and, and maybe push some independence in the Democratic column. But I think you have to understand something very fundamental about the way Donald Trump supporters see all of these issues that involve his relationships with women. And it's this. And the polling show is it. Do Trump supporters and Republicans in general think that men face more discrimination in this country than women. Right? Their fundamental perspective is that, that men are the gender that is more victimized. If you go into it with that framework, you can t look at these issues in a completely different way. And I think that is part of the reason that throughout all of these credible sexual harassment scandals that came out during the campaign that Donald Trump's base has stuck with him. This isn't just a gender gap you're saying, it's a gender chasm. Uh, fascinating stuff from all of you and more ahead coming up next.
U.S. President Donald Trump has already fired one cabinet member this week. Is H.R. McMaster next? The panel returns to weigh in on that and more regarding Russia straight ahead. Welcome back. As the White House moves forward with its diplomatic agenda, there are new reports that U.S. President Donald Trump may shake up his senior staff. Multiple sources tell CNN that Mr. Trump might fire his national security advisor, the widely respected H.R. McMaster, before next month's meeting with North Korea. The White House is denying that as a possibility, and the panel is back to weigh in. Here's what we know amid all this chaos. All is not quiet in the West Wing, and the vaunted axis of adults who were containing some of the president's more impulsive decisions seem on their way out, beginning with Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, the beginning of this week. Now, real questions about H.R. McMaster, and apparently tamped down questions about John Kelly. Here's my question. We'll start with David Frum. Critics of the Trump administration, who come from the center-right, have taken comfort from his national security team. John McCain, a notable example praising the national security team while often condemning the president. What does this do to that final fig leaf of support that helped unite the party around this administration? Well, Donald Trump has changed his national security team more than they have, have them. I mean, it's really striking that the president's own personal statements about these one, now two Russian killings or attempted killings on British soil have been weaker even J than Jeremy Corbyn's, who is about <laughs> as weak a figure as you can get. They, I wrote a column, line them up, the Corbyn statements are stronger. But Trump is now heading toward a summit with Kim Jong-un with no preparatory work at all. And now, no Secretary of State and maybe no National Security Advisor. It's hard to believe that anything is going to come out of that other than Donald Trump getting his pocket picked or else escalation of the summit into a true crisis. It's really a terrifying situation. Joe Borelli, you have heard the rhetoric from Trump supporters. They say, look, don't listen to what the president says. Watch what he does and take comfort from the people he's appointed. If the drift is nationalistic, if the drift is to replace professionals with TV stars, how do you take comfort from that as a Trump supporter? Well, well, I, I just left the West Wing, for example, and uh, General Mattis was That's there. That's a humble brag, no, no, it, it was, thank you. <laughs> but Secretary Nielsen was there, and maybe, uh, according to David Frum, maybe they were prepping for the big uh, North Korea meeting, which I imagine he was one of those people saying would never happen just six months ago. Uh, but look, you, you know, this White House may exist in chaos by your standards, but the campaign existed in chaos by those standards, and by the only objective measure, he won. Uh, and you're seeing a lot of the same thing happen here. Um, you know... This is a White House which is not traditional, and when you have John McCain and Jeff Flake on one side, I think the majority of Trump supporters are happy uh, when, when the president is, 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 quite frankly, on the other side. Uh, I, I think things right. are actually going smooth by the objective ways we measure presidents uh, otherwise. Well, objective ways in terms of winning elections, I'm with you. The historical precedent may not be on your side on that. But let me play devil's advocate on, on your behalf to Peter Beinart. There are examples of presidents picking people from media quite successfully. I'll mention Tony Snow, a very respected uh, television commentator turned White House press secretary for George W. Bush. Why doesn't that precedent give people more sense of perspective? 
Well, we're not talking about a press secretary. We're talking about national security advisor, which is the, the most important, arguably, foreign policy position in an administration. I think the question is not just will, what, will McMaster leave. It's, it's really who is he replaced by. If he's replaced by John Bolton, as a lot of reports have suggested, we will have in Mike Pompeo and John Bolton two people who absolutely want to tear up the Iran deal and two people who have shown a real genuine willingness, even more than McMaster, who was quite hawkish himself, I think, to contemplate preventing war against North Korea. Those two, those two, on those two issues, we that, that represents something I think very, very frightening, that there was yeah. some, some degree, McMaster and Tillerson, Mattis will still be there, but McMaster and Tillerson restrained Trump to some degree on those issues, and we now have people who are actually fueling what I think are his worst instincts. Patrick Healy, here's what's fascinating about that. The president criticized George W. Bush. He criticizes Iraq every chance he gets. And, and so he's got this nationalistic pose, an arguably non-interventionist, but he seems to be stocking his team with folks who are incredibly hawkish, some of whom have roots in the neocon camp. How do you square that circle? Right. I mean, what, what President Trump would say is, you know, his, his now kind of famous quote, I, I love conflict. I mean, conflict is what animates him. He likes to have different opinions, different points of view. But what we know about this president is he's not a policy president. He doesn't get down into the details and in the weeds of, frankly, sort of the, the policies and the challenges and the confrontations that are affecting, uh, that are facing this country. He believes in a strongman model of presidency uh, himself as basically a you know a, a figure of history a historical figure who himself can again to, to quote him can fix it so the degree to which he's right. bringing in people who either reflect a, an interventionist approach or an isolationist approach what have you he doesn't think in those terms he right. he goes to people who are in his comfort zone like uh, you know a Larry Kudlow um, you know a, a, basically these are the people who he's wanted to surround us up with. A it's Mike personality Pompeo over state. policy is what it's you're saying. It's the personality over policy. Yeah. So I wouldn't get right. I, I wouldn't get too distracted by, I, you know, the tea leaves of these people. I, I want to yeah. focus on issues of, of core importance beyond the Kremlinology and focus on Russia for a moment, the real Russia, uh, which is to do with a couple of major developments even over the last uh, several hours. First of all, late yesterday, FBI and DHS put out a report showing there were Russian cyber incursions into U.S. infrastructure, including attempts at nuclear plants and other issues. Then on on Russian television the other day, a warning was sent to so-called traitors who tried to remake their homes in the UK. Let me pull up this quote. The traitor's profession is one of the most dangerous in the world, and those who choose to uh, choose it rarely live in peace and in tranquility to a venerable old age. Now, that's chilling enough, but what's even more chilling was the news today that a uh, Russian dissident is too strong a term someone in exile who'd been granted asylum uh, was found dead in his home and now the uh, police in london are investigating his death as a murder this is nikolai glushkov and uh a compression to the neck is what they are looking at this is escalating in the wake of the spy and his daughter dying not de-escalating david from what to take from this amid the president's discomfort with calling out putin directly <coughs> Look, the Russians are on a, a rampage. Um, what you could also have mentioned is there was one of these killings that took place in Washington, D.C. Former senior executive at RT was uh, bludgeoned to death. The Obama team originally covered up the killing as, uh, as a heart attack, but the evidence was could not be suppressed. Um, so we have an ever more aggressive Russia t testing the limits under a president who 
whose behavior is very hard to explain. I would say when you look at Donald Trump's behaviors, there are innocent explanations and there are plausible explanations, and they don't overlap at all. Just elaborate a bit on that. Well, the, 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 to understand why is it that the president of the United States will not say something as basic as, I agree, I've seen the same evidence that the British prime minister did, but rather than pretend I'll wait for the evidence to arrive, they share information, and I agree with her that um, the Russian state was responsible for this nerve agent attack in the United Kingdom, and that there should be some consequences of that. The president's strongest statement has been to condemn it as a sad situation and to say he's thinking about what to do, and he's sort of persuaded, but maybe kind of not, that the Russians were involved. And he's left um, Britain, which is in a very weak position right now because of Brexit, exposed yes. and vulnerable, alone, without American full-throated back. We're going to have to leave it there, but it's not exactly a profile in courage. Thank you, panel. Great to have you. This is day 421 of President Trump's administration, and that is the State of America Tonight. Have a great weekend, everyone. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.